0: Well, there you are, and welcome to Redemption's Table. I'm Robert Barge, your host. You've probably already noticed, there's a little different vibe in the air today. It's December, one of my favorite times of year, and the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ is not that far away. Now, I don't know what Christmas means to you. I don't know how familiar you are with Advent. I don't know your family traditions, but I do know December can be one of the toughest months to get through. When you are hurting inside, I was in that place last Christmas. Maybe that describes where you are today. Well, I believe encouragement and good surprise is already coming your way, and hopefully, these December table episodes can add to that. I'm about to retrace my steps from 2020 as God led me on a most unusual adventure journey. So get ready. Your Christmas may be spinning, but God's invitation is solid. Party of Redemption, your table is now available. Well, there you are, and welcome back. Here it is, about 10 days before Christmas. We're in the Advent season, and if you've been tracking with us the last couple of weeks, you know that I am retracing a journey from last year for me where. I just was not feeling Christmas. I believe there are many people who are undergoing that very same thing this year. We're in the third week of Advent, going to light the third Advent candle, except if you've been tracking with us, you know that I've renamed every one of these candles. And I just want to say, today's word... Whether that describes you or not, you're not in the mood for Christmas. Maybe as a friend of mine who called me yesterday, he said, I'm a little depressed and can't get out of it. And I can relate to that. Well, hang on, because today's word is just just really special. It surprised me last year when I was going through the, this particular season of Advent. I wrote these words maybe about five or six years ago, a paragraph here, talking about Jesus. Although he brought unfathomable joy to all he encountered who unreservedly embraced him in his kingdom, Jesus never once made happiness his goal. The pursuit of happiness phrase in our declaration of independence would have been foreign to him. Jesus did not pursue happiness, nor does he lead his followers to do so. Happiness is the bait of the enemy. Jesus did not come to make us happy. He came to make us whole. Welcome to Advent Week 3. Each week we have gone to the Gospel of John, as John tells the story and introduces the Christmas story in his own unique way, and in John 1.1, 1, 1, it reads this way, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word, always was the Word, and the Word always was with God, and the Word always was God. Now keep in mind, the Word is one of Jesus' many names. Now in verse 14 of John chapter 1, it says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. A couple of weeks ago, instead of lighting the first candle of hope, we lit the candle of eucatastrophe. That's right, I changed hope to eucatastrophe, and eucatastrophe means a good catastrophe. I encourage you to go back a couple of weeks if you haven't listened to that episode yet. Last week, instead of lighting the second candle of love, we lit the candle of redemption. And now we come to week three, the candle of joy. When God gave the direction of last year's Advent journey for me, of the four different words he gave, this one surprised me the most. When I get to today's word, I have to remind myself, oh, I am in a funk, aren't I? But I like this word. It's not a word I often use, nor is it a word I've spent a whole lot of time pondering until last year. And it's like this word is the most perfect word to distinguish the joy that Jesus brought to this earth and offers to all would-be followers. The word is thrive. Thrive. When the word became flesh that first Christmas, you can believe it, all creation took notice of the thrive. T-H-R-I-V-E. I believe every maple, Sequoia and Ponderosa Pines stretched taller in adoration as their roots bowed deeper. Every star popped brighter and had to be held in check to keep from upstaging the star of Bethlehem. Every Nemo in the ocean looked at every dory with fish eyes and open gapes to express to one another, Creators here. Every Oslin, every Bambi, every Thumper, every Brother Bear, Creators here. The winds hushed in wonder. The tides rolled in reverence. Every heartbeat around the globe intuitively knew something's going on. I believe the Anasazis at Mesa Verde sensed it. So did the tribes along the Amazon. The Han Dynasty of China basked in a momentary respite. Have you you ever just been consumed by an out-of-nowhere moment and thought, I'm having a good day. Have you ever just burst into song for no reason? I feel good. I knew I would now. Thank you, James Brown. (laughs) I believe even Herod smiled before he knew any better. say, how do you know that? I just say, how could it not be so? The birth of Jesus is the event of history. After thousands of years of suffering, the hell on earth caused by the sin embraced in the Garden of Eden, the story of stories, the word of words, the eucatastrophe of eucatastrophes, the Redeemer of Redeemers is one of us, and he's on earth to stay and to live and to love and to heal and to teach and to serve and to show and to witness and to save until the victory of victories is accomplished. Something this huge, something this significant, although it was not defined for more than a few dozen individuals, it was noticed. If little more than a warm wonder that was quickly forgotten the next day, the arrival of baby Jesus made a mark. And for those who were included on the inside track, just look what happened. Their world began to thrive. Joy broke out. Bring on that kind of pandemic, because we sure do need that right about now. I remember last year, NBC Business News, back in November, November 19, 2020, reported in a survey that 45% of Americans would prefer to skip Christmas. That was where we were last year. I'm not sure we're too far beyond that point this year as well. We need some joy. We need some thrive. And I will tell you, joy surrounds the nativity like hungry cattle around a feed sack. In Luke's gospel, Luke chapter 1, when the angel startled Zechariah in the temple, it says, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. Then when Mary visited Zechariah's wife, Elizabeth, who's her cousin in Luke chapter 1, she says, As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb, little John the Baptist, leaped for joy. I love the way Greg Kokel interprets this verse, he says, John the fetus, filled with the Holy Spirit, leaped with joy in the presence of the zygote, Jesus the Lord. I love that. In Luke chapter 1, 46 and 47, when Mary broke out in a song known as the Magnificat, she said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Luke 158. When John the Baptist was born, Elizabeth's neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. And then in verses perhaps that are a little more familiar to us in Luke chapter 2, when the angel announces, the angels announced to the shepherds, "Do not be afraid, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people." And then in Matthew 2, as it is recorded about the Magi, says, after the Magi had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. All this joy surrounding the birth of Jesus cannot be equated with temporary happiness. I mean, to insert happy anywhere in this account would be a pathetic substitute. Why? Because happy comes and goes. Happy is based on circumstances. Happy can be forgotten. I promise you, everyone who was visited by an angel, who anticipated the birth for nine months, who showed up at the manger when Jesus was born, who followed the star, who experienced the first Christmas, never got over the joy. They thrived in the glory of it for the rest of their lives. When this word landed on me in connection with joy, I turned to Merriam-Webster. Here's a couple of definitions. Thrive means to grow vigorously, to flourish. It also means to progress toward or realize a goal despite or because of circumstances. Thriving is the joy Jesus brings. Spend time with him. You will grow and grow vigorously. You will flourish No matter what, even in the midst of the darkest of days, you will continue to flourish even if and when you cannot see it and you do not feel it. Last year, as I was preparing to talk about thriving, I had this idea, my imagination just took over. I thought about the most wonderful toy of heaven. The most wonderful toy of heaven. Imagine being given a toy with tumblers that represent all the days of your life. Like a colossal master lock, a master clock. There's a place to stop for every day you have ever lived. And imagine receiving this from Jesus, and he tells you, you pick a day, any day of your life. And when you do that, you are miraculously transported back to that day of your life where you see every good and perfect gift he lavished upon you that day. All the joy that was yours to see that day had your heart and your eyes only been focused upon him. You won't see the tears, you'll see the joy. You may remember going through some awful circumstances on that day, but that miraculous toy will help you see all the gifts of joy that surrounded you even in the worst of circumstances. That would be a toy I would like to get for Christmas. That would be a toy I would like to give someone for Christmas. That would be a toy I would like to receive in heaven. Why? Because sometimes I miss it. I miss out on the joy. I miss out on the thrive. I I know it's there. I just can't see it. And sometimes, perhaps, I just won't see it. And maybe... That describes you too sometimes. Can I just pause and say we're in good company? I mean, just look at the disciples. They missed out on the joy and the thrive, and Jesus was with them in the flesh. So instead of beating ourselves up, why don't we just keep trusting Him? Just keep trusting that he is going to continue to lead us through seasons like this. He's going to teach us and guide us in processing all that is possible for us to understand right now and accepting all that we will never be able to understand. But I do have to confess, I miss the thrive. I missed it last year. Sometimes I miss it now. I miss the thrive because I know what it is. You see, Jesus brought the thrive with him at Christmas. He lived the thrive every day of his life, and he introduced it to every person he met. And he lived the thrive all the way through the crucifixion and right out the entrance of death three days later on Easter Sunday. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. We have these words it says let us fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God He's the author and perfecter of our faith get this the word is the author he is the word He writes the words. He is the author, too. He's the author of our faith. He's the perfecter of our faith. He's the pioneer and the trailblazer. He is the way and the waymaker. The author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, who for the joy set before him, who for the thrive pulsing within him endured the cross. There's two different ways to look at this both are equally true. One, Jesus looked through the cross, beyond the cross, to the other side of the cross, the side of victory, the exceeding great joy of providing redemption for everyone's side. That's one way to look at this verse. But then in the Cotton Patch Gospel version of Hebrews, here's how it reads. It says, in place of joy, That stretched out before him, Jesus took on a cross without hesitating one second to consider the disgrace involved. In other words, he laid aside his joy to pick up our suffering. He put himself down to pick us up. He traded his joy for sorrow. And that is truly what it means to thrive. That is what real joy is all about. Do you see how far away that is from what so many people who say they follow Jesus crave, their pursuit of happiness? Dare I say it bluntly? Joy is the covenant bride here, and happiness is the whore. Imagine you and I sit down for a conversation, maybe even over a a Starbucks. Right now I am sipping on a Starbucks chestnut praline latte as I'm recording these words. And imagine you and I are sitting down at Starbucks and right in the middle of our chat, out of the blue, I ask you this question. How long has it been since you followed Jesus? How long has it been since you followed Jesus? I'm not asking when you first began to follow Jesus. I'm just asking in your day-to-day life, how long has it been since you followed Jesus? How long has it been since your actions reveal that daily you are following Jesus? Joy is connected with following Jesus. It is. Joy is connected with doing our Heavenly Father's will. Joy is something you do not have to work at. It just is. To thrive is to hum joy. The humming of joy is to thrive. It's got a hum to it, a vibe to it. You don't serve God to get the thrive. The thrive is just part of the serve. I know this firsthand. Many of you do too as well. I've been blessed to hum through some thriving seasons of joy. It's all about serving Jesus those seasons, all about following Jesus. And last year, there was a lull in my life, and that was part of what was getting to me last year, part of it. It's getting to me a little bit of this year as well. For I will tell you, if you've ever known the hum of living on target, living and being who God created and designed you to be If you've ever known that, you're not going to be content doing the biddings of this world. Joy is connected with following Jesus. Joy is something you do not have to work at. It just is. And I love this. Thriving is not what happens when everything is falling into place. Thriving happens when you fall into place. When you fall into the place of obedience, when you fall into the place of serving God, when you fall into the place of your kingdom role, that's when you thrive. It's not totally effortless. There is striving involved, but it's good striving. Spending time alone with the Lord day after day in his presence. Sometimes people, maybe going a few days before you even sense that he is teaching you anything at all, but being willing to sit there until he speaks, until he stirs. First Samuel 3, 9 is a prayer I pray every day. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. I can promise you, if you will put yourself in that posture, even if it means waiting several days, if you want to hear God, and you wait before the Lord, you will hear him, and the thriving will come. Last year, during that season of struggling with Christmas, I drove up to Nashville, Tennessee, to the Ryman Auditorium to be a part of Andrew Peterson's Behold the Lamb of God. And early in that presentation, in one of the songs, there was a particular line that just jumped out to me. Stirred my heart. Talking about Jesus, the lyric goes, Sing out with joy for the brave little boy who was God but made himself nothing. He gave up his pride and he came here to die like a man. And as I listened to that lyric, as I was preparing to share and light the candle of joy, the candle of thrive, God's spirit nudged me. Say, this is how you thrive. You lose when you try to make yourself something. That's striving. But you thrive on earth and in heaven when your joy, I'll even say it this way, when your pursuit of happiness is summed up in these three little words Make yourself nothing. As counterintuitive as that may sound, that is where your thriving will begin. Well, I'm glad you've been with us again today. Looking forward to next week on our final candle of Advent. We have changed the candle of hope to the candle of eucatastrophe. We have changed the candle of love to the candle of redemption. Today, we have changed the candle of joy to the candle of thrive. And next week, we will change the candle of peace to you'll just have to wait and see. Until next time, may eucatastrophe overtake you. May redemption find you. May thriving become your pulse. And we will see you next week. On our way out today, I want to share with you three wonderful resources, possible Christmas gifts, that point the way to the true meaning of this season. First, if you have children, grandchildren, or even great-grands, I recommend the Jesus Storybook Bible by Sally Lloyd-Jones as the number one Christmas gift. Second, Singer-songwriter Andrew Peterson's wonderful Behold the Lamb of God tour is going on right now for the 22nd year in cities across the country. For more information or to watch the live stream event from the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee, go online to andrew-peterson.com. And third, if you want to read the biblical story of Jesus for yourself, Go online to plusnothing.com, P-L-U-S-N-O-T-H-I-N-G.com for free copies of the book, The Life and Teachings of Jesus of Nazareth, which is the actual Bible books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John woven into one harmonized account. I highly recommend it. I highly recommend all three.